I haven't been looking at the news very much lately, but I keep hearing, oh, there's a high probability or a high, a heightened probability of nuclear war. And it's amazing people aren't more hysterical about that. And I'm not either. I'm not hysterical about it. It's, it just seems like an afterthought. But you compare that to events of the last couple of years, like you look, you look at coronavirus, where you had people acting like it was nuclear war. You know, no matter what you thought about the height of the coronavirus, it was being treated like, not only like it was nuclear war, but like every single individual person had the red button. Everybody's bodies, like your body was a nuke. And I mean, you can see this to some degree from every side of the debate. Where on one hand, you had people who were terrified of Corona, the people who were shaming anyone who didn't get vaxxed. And uh, treating every human being as if they were a nuclear warhead with a level of hysteria and fear that really would accompany the idea that you're going to get nuked. If you didn't know what was going on in 2020 and you only saw people's behavior, their, if, you, if you could only sense their emotions but not know what was causing their emotions, and then somebody told you, oh, they're afraid of getting nuked. They're told that there's a possibility of, of a nuke going off. You'd believe it. You'd look at people's behavior in 2020 and you'd be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. It's nuclear war. But that's how people were reacting to the virus. But then you see on the other side, like the people who were complaining like, oh, they're shutting down the economy. They're ruining businesses. They're keeping kids away from school and they're going to stunt children's... uh, intellectual growth you know people who are concerned about that side people who thought that being or or even people that were like this is government tyranny this is them controlling us you can see where if you looked at their behavior not knowing what it was about and then you were told that they were reacting to the prospect of nuclear war you might believe that too that would fit too it seems like anybody who was reacting to coronavirus on any side of the fence was behaving like it was a nuclear situation, except on an individual level. Like each individual person had their hand on the red button. And no matter who you were and what you did, someone was going to feel like you were pressing it. But then now that we have this alleged, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it a Alleged, because part of it is that I don't know, I don't really trust anything anymore. I don't really trust anything that I'm hearing in the news or reading. But now that we have like this actual threat of nuclear war, I'm thinking, yeah, there's some people who are very scared. There's some people who are acting terrified and saying things, but they're mostly pundits. You'd think this would be something that everyone was contacting you about. Because when coronavirus hit, I was getting random messages from people like, what do you think of all this? Everybody was in the same boat. Everybody was like, what do you think of all this that's going on? 
any friend I talked to, you, you would inevitably talk about it. Going back to, let's say, March, you know, April 2020. You know, it, it wasn't unheard of at all just for that to come up. Even just to say, hey, what do you think about this? Here's what I heard, whatever it was. That's not going on with nuclear war. I've talked to a number of people recently, and, and not a single person has said, nuclear war? Anybody? Any thoughts? No, no, nobody's brought it up. Nobody's brought up the, the idea. I saw something in the news where some guy, some expert, one of these experts said something to the effect of like, the probability of nuclear war has increased 15%. There's now a 15, I don't know what the actual number was, but it was something to the effect of, there's a 15% chance. I think what I saw was there's a one in sixth chance there will be nuclear war, which is a really high probability if that's true. But when I saw that, I thought, how do you calculate that? How do you even calculate that? I can totally understand kind of feeling it out. Voldemort Pukin. Voldemort Pukin. The one they call Voldemort Pukin. I know he threatened, uh, you know, he, he's been dangling that out there. I totally understand why you would say there's a higher probability right now, assuming all this stuff we're seeing is even real. Because I'm, uh, to be honest, I'm wondering that. Lately, I'm just like, is this even real anymore? Was it real? Like, this doesn't feel real. But I know he is dangling it out there. So I totally understand how, how somebody, I don't think you have to be an expert. I think you could be a guy sitting on your couch and you'd say, oh, if, if the leader of Russia is threatening to nuke people during a war, when there are heightened tensions and all these different moving pieces, yeah, I think that's a pretty good guess that there's a higher chance of nuclear war than there would be otherwise. But how do you quantify that? How do you measure that? How does this expert come up with a, a one in sixth chance, a one in six increase in the probability that there's nuclear war? I just don't know how you measure them. We like to hear numbers and we like to hear data, but I just don't know how you crunch those numbers. I don't know what the formula is, what the algebra is for figuring that out. I'm sure he has an equation. I'm sure he has something, but I don't know how much I trust that. Either way, that's what people are saying. Whether you need to know it's a one in six chance or you just, you know, just take it for what it is. It's in the air. It's being talked about. But I think what makes it different, you know, saying how Coronavi, it was as if every single person felt that every other person had their finger on the red button. Everybody had their own little red button. In this case, though, it, it doesn't feel like you have any control whatsoever over it. Because I actually asked myself that. I haven't been sitting around thinking about this much. What's making me think about nuclear war and the prospect of nuclear war is that I'm not doing that much thinking about it. I'm like, oh yeah, that could happen. You know, that could happen, but I'm, why am I not thinking about it constantly? Why is it not on my mind? Why is nobody I know talking about it? And I don't want them to. I'm glad nobody's talking about it. But I, I was kind of wondering, like, why am I not reacting more to that idea? Well, first of all, I think people are just, their minds are blown out and fried. And how do you react to anything? 
it's not just that people responded to the coronavirus like it was a nuclear war. That's how people have been responding to every single thing. You know, when a, a famous black celebrity made comments about Jews the other day, the response to that was like it was nuclear war. You know, it's every little thing, every single little thing that happens gets a response from the public. Not not necessarily a response from everybody, but definitely a chunk of the public who treat it like it's urgent, it's pressing. They treat everything like it has a direct impact right now. And it's been one event after the other. I don't remember that ever happening before the last five or six years. Looking back at my entire life, I remember people reacting to things. I remember certain events. But I don't remember this wave after wave. And each wave, each wave that comes gets the same hysterical level of response from people. People have all viewpoints, but they're all responding with hysteria. I mean, you see that across the political divide. Like, when you look at the way conservatives are talking, when you look at the way progressives are talking, they're both hysterical. But they're totally serious about it. There's, There's just a hysteria. It's like that hysteria reached a certain level, and now every single thing that happens, big or small, manages to rise to that. But then when something like the prospect of nuclear war comes up, it is being talked about. It's not like this is being swept under the table. I haven't even been seeking it out. I haven't been looking at the news, yet I'm still aware of it. So, I mean, it's getting out there, but it just it's not getting the same reaction. Even though there's just hysterical wave after wave. And I guess on one hand, like I'm thinking, maybe people are just so burned out on that sort of reacting but they still seem to do it with all kinds of other things. So I don't know what it is. Maybe it's that people feel no responsibility because so much of the narrative in recent years is you have responsibility for everything. It's all because of you. Oh, did you know this is happening because of you? What is happening because of you? Everything, big and small. I mean, I understand the idea that we can all influence things. But the idea has been like, oh, it's all your fault for anything and everything. But in the case of nuclear war, you don't feel much responsibility. You feel powerless. And even though some of these other things that people have been upset about in recent years, these these other things that people do react to, you know, even though those things, I, I would say people are just as powerless over those things. They feel like like the way they've been framed is as if you can do something about it. Oh, people are racist because of you. People are racist because of you. But you can stop it. That's one way of thinking about that. That's one way that that has been framed. January 666, you can see where the people who went there were operating off the idea that, you know, you can do something about this. You can change this. 
I see that, and I'm like, this is you're totally powerless. What are they going to do? And I'm not even somebody who buys into the idea that there was any kind of plan behind January 666, like they'd even thought it out. I think, you know, it was obviously planned, but I think it was mainly just impulsive. We're, we're just going to, we're going to storm this place. I don't think they had any process in mind once they did that. I don't think they had anything in mind, but they were dri- they, they were led to be there with the idea that like by protesting, by charging the Capitol, whatever it is they did, whoever it was that went there, whether, they, whether it was the people who did anything wrong or the people who did, those people had it in their mind that like, oh, I can, I can do something about this. And sometimes you can. Like, I'm not trying to say that we as individuals don't have immense influence and power. We do. Sometimes too much. You know, we have a lot. But there are still certain situations where it's not going to do anything. But you convince yourself, like you get whipped up into a frenzy. Someone, t- someone you listen to tells you, oh, you can do something. And if you don't, you're bad. So we see that like no matter who it is, no matter what political party, no matter what way of thinking, we can see that people get convinced that they have control over everything. If, if they do it, you can stop this. But you got to do something about it. But with nuclear war, there's really that's not really something you say. Nobody really gets whipped up into that frenzy of telling people like, "Oh, you know we can stop nuclear war, but you have to do something." You know, if you don't do something about this nuclear war, you're responsible. You know, nobody says that about nuclear war. You could make the argument, though. I mean, you could certainly make the argument that if this idea is even out there on the table, you should be out in the streets with a sign that the people of a country should make it known that they don't believe anybody should engage in nuclear war. People could be petitioning politicians. You know, I don't know who ultimately has control over that. I mean, obviously, the military, the president. I don't know if the people could have any say in that whatsoever. But I mean, it would impact how they vote in the future. It would impact the direction of politics immediately. Hopefully. I mean, hopefully a nuclear war would change the direction of of politics. Things wouldn't continue on as normal. But uh, it's interesting that people, because I mean, you can see that a lot of protests are equally pointless, if not more pointless. People go to all kinds of just inane protests, thinking that they that will impact something or that will make a necessary statement, that it will have some sort, sort of positive impact. You can see people do vandalism. They do all sorts of things. There's so many different ways, so many little acts of protest that people do. And honestly, a lot of them are really ineffective and pointless. It's just people, you know, powerless people just expressing themselves about something. And, you know, there's a good, there's a time to do that. But the truth is a lot of protests, I think we all know that a lot of protests are just pointless. 
But people seem to feel that way about nuclear war when they don't feel that way about other things. Again, it goes back to this idea that nobody really takes responsibility. Citizens don't really take responsibility for nuclear war. But they also don't blame their fellow citizens for it. Like everything else I'm talking about, there's a lot of citizens blaming other citizens. Coronavirus, citizens blaming other citizens. Anything Trumpsfeld did, you blame the people who voted for him. Citizens blame citizens. The people blame the people. You can see that for most things that happen. That's what people were doing all through coronavirus. The people were blaming the other people. Citizens were blaming each other. For one reason or another, there was a lot of blame on the fellow citizen. Nuclear war, you don't really see that. The most I've seen is, you know, people saying like, oh, the U.S. should stop supporting Ukraine. Because that'll make Russia less pissed off and therefore less likely to launch nukes. I wonder if you could quantify that. Just like that expert said, there's a one in six chance of nuclear war now. If the U.S. withdrew its support of Ukraine and therefore Russia got the upper hand and was less likely to bomb people, send a nuclear warhead out, I wonder how that would impact that one in six chance. The idea, though, I've heard people make that argument that, like, if the U.S. stops funding Ukraine and supporting them, maybe that'll help avert it. Even if that obviously would mean something very bad for Ukraine. You know, losing Ukraine or, you know, whatever, suffering in Ukraine is relatively better than multiple countries launching nukes at each other. I mean, I think that's not a fun argument. Definitely not a fun argument. Not a fun choice. Would you rather have new would you rather have Ukraine get ransacked or, and dominated or would you rather have nuclear war? And interestingly though, you know anybody who says that, anybody who says, you know we should de-escalate our or whatever, we should uh, we should encourage Ukraine to de-escalate and the U.S. should stop backing them. It's immediately taken as pro-Russian sympathy. And of course, people who are pro-Russian would say that, but it's like that's not the only reason. And I know there are people who encourage that outcome just because they, they're scared of nuclear war. I've seen people say that. But there's not really much you can do about that anyway. Like, as a citizen, you have no control over the money they're sending to Ukraine. You have no control over what the U.S. government is even doing. Like, yeah, you could vote differently in the future, but you have no immediate control. But I don't think it's crazier to protest nuclear war, you know, than it is to protest half of the things that people go out there and picket for. But it doesn't cross people's mind. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are people doing this, and I'm just not aware of it. But it, it tells me something that I'm not aware of if it, if it is going on. I don't, I don't think it's really happening. It's also one of those water is wet things, but it seems like, a, like most things are. You're saying, like, I'm opposed to nuclear war. It's one of those sky is blue, water is wet things. That's what a lot of people say. I mean, a lot of slogans, a lot of political slogans basically equate to I'm on the good side. 
I'm on the good side. That's all it needs to say. What they're saying could be so general and generic. I mean, different political factions, they speak in platitudes. And they're usually platitudes that on their own, most people wouldn't disagree with. And that's, that's how they do it. I mean, that's effective. But I don't think, you know, the political discourse or, you know, the social commentary that's going on, I don't think it's that much more advanced or sophisticated or meaningful than just being like, I oppose nuclear war. Nuclear war is bad. But to be honest, I think there's a certain number of people who actually want nuclear war. I think people have gotten so used to having major events to react to, and we know they'll make do when there's just something trivial. Like, oh, the, the rapper said something he's not supposed to say. Huge deal. Huge deal. He said something he's not supposed to say. Oh, he did an interview with Fox News, and he said something he's not supposed to say. Big, huge news. But I think the last few years have made people hungry for bigger events. They'll make do with whatever the news of the day is. They'll make do with celebrity gossip, whatever it is. What somebody did at the Oscars. But I think a lot of people are waiting for that next big thing. I think it gives people kind of a high. Even if it's a bad thing, I think there's a certain number of people who almost want it. And I mean, I haven't talked to anybody who wants nuclear war, but I'm just saying, I think that is an, an idea that's out there. I don't think it's something someone would say openly but it would really, uh, it would be exciting maybe to somebody. I can't even comprehend it. Personally, I can't even comprehend it. Like I know what Japan looked like. And I mean, I, my mind is always blown by Japan, you know, no pun intended. Uh, my mind is always blown by the fact that we drop nuclear weapons on them and we're good friends today. You think about some of the grudges between countries that go back centuries. You think about neighboring European countries who just hate each other. Or at the very least have this kind of competitive, you know, they mock each other. They might not hate each other, but there's just this constant mockery. And then you have Japan, which the United States dropped a nuclear bomb on too, I believe. And they love Americans. Japanese people love Americans. You know, we interned them here, but then we, all we do is put anime shit on everything now. Anime got popular and it never stopped. Anime just took over. That's all kids are into. A million adults. I mean, honestly, it's fucking insane the amount of anime I see. Not, I don't watch it. But just the amount of anime things. It's everywhere. You know, having watched, you know, anime kind of come to the U.S., like, there were a couple kids in school who got into it before other people. It was never my thing. I knew a couple kids who, you know, they'd, they'd tell you about some of the anime stuff. It was, you know, very exotic. I never thought that it would be everywhere. Like, I saw it gain popular, popularity. I saw, like, American children's cartoons that were made here start to take on sort of an anime look. 
but it's kind of like rap music where like I didn't think things would just stop at rap. You know, rap got very big and then it just kind of stopped at rap. Now we just live in rap world. When rap got big in the 90s, I didn't think it would just be rap world forever. I wouldn't have predicted that. Where every car that drives by is rap. You just hear it all the time everywhere. Commercials. Same with anime. I didn't expect anime just to be the the last stop on the train where it's just like, hey, we're just going to stop at anime and put it everywhere. I'm not even complaining. I'm just sort of bewildered. It's like what I was talking about last night. You know, like people posing in, in front of Funko Pop dolls and stuff, which like, I'm not even talking shit on that. I'm not even criticizing that. It's more just bewilderment. You know, I, I must not be a Nostradamus because I, I just really didn't predict all that just to be kind of where we would sit. Uh, but anyway, nuclear war. That's the backdrop of nuclear war. You know, it's like there's going to be a a nuke is going to hit a city. There's going to be this giant crater. Everything's destroyed, but you're still going to hear the sound of like a Bluetooth speaker playing rap music in the ruins. Just like this tinny, because it's not like a boombox that sounded good. You always, every time you hear it. And it's not uncommon for me to be out and about and like somebody rides by on a bike or walks by me and they're just playing rap music from their phone and it just sounds very tinny and digital. It's just the world we're in. But that's what you're going to hear after the new kits. You're going to hear somebody's Bluetooth speaker, like somebody's phone's going to be in the rubble. And you're just going to hear this little beat. It's going to be this little beat playing. But, you know, I mean, it's actually very terrifying what I was saying a minute ago about how, you know, there's a certain number of people who who might want the excitement of this. Because I think they're like me in the sense that they don't really comprehend what it is. You know, before I started talking about Japan and anime, you know, we've seen the videos of Japan getting hit by nukes. Maybe they were so forgiving because, uh, I mean, they attacked us. You know, of course, it was, what we did was retaliation. But even so, I mean, just because it's just because revenge is fair, just because just because retaliation is fair, doesn't mean you're going to have a good relationship moving forward. Like, if someone does something to me and I do something worse in retaliation, it's not like we say to each other, "Oh, everything's fine now," and you scale that upward to the most destructive act in human history, probably one of the single most destructive acts in human history. I don't know if there's ever been one single event that's that destructive. That must be the biggest, right? Especially because that's what we're still talking about, nukes. But it's funny to me, though. It's like, you know, even if it was fair that the U.S. got revenge, revenge doesn't usually make people happy with each other. They don't suddenly become friends afterward, but that's what happened with Japan, where it's just like, hey, we love each other. They like our culture. We like their culture. And there's not really a big anti-Japanese bias even. Like, I knew some people who served in World War II who had one because they fought against them. I had a family member who 
just didn't trust Japanese people because he'd actually been in the war. But other than that, like, aside from that generation, you know, I don't know. It, it seems like people are pretty okay with Japanese people. They might be more prejudiced toward the Chinese, but you don't hear much Japanese hate. The U.S. has really welcomed Japan in, and, and Japan has welcomed us in in many ways. <laughs> yeah, we fucking, this thing that everybody's always threatening and that everybody's always scared about, nukes, the most catastrophic thing that could happen. A country launches a nuclear bomb on another country. And yet the countries who have experienced that with each other are like, oh, we're friends now. Maybe it makes you closer. Maybe if Russia dropped a nuke on the U.S. and we sent one back and nuked them, in 10 years we'd be like, we'd be more Russian here than ever. They'd be more American than ever. It's almost like two people who get in a fight and respect each other afterward. Two guys are really mad at each other and they brawl. And then afterward, they're like, you know, I like you. I respect you now. Maybe nuke, <laughs> maybe nuclear war creates respect, mutual respect. Hey, we're willing to go there. No, but it is fucking crazy because I'm just like, is this, is this just hysteria that's, that I'm absorbing from somewhere? Like, is this actually, is there a high probability? What does that even mean? What happens? Do people go to work? Again, going back to coronavirus, like, oh, nobody's going to work. Shutting everything down. I'm just going to send you a check. We're going to send you $1,000 in the mail. What happens when there's, when there's nuclear war? Who does it even hit? Who do we, do we expect it? If we can predict the probability of it, is there a probability of where missiles are going to be launched? New York would be an obvious one. Do I need to worry? You know, I'm, I'm a little over an hour outside of Seattle in Olympia. If they hit Seattle, would I have to worry? Would I not want to go outside for a while? Like, how would it affect me? Would they, would they be interested in hitting Seattle? I mean, it did cross my mind the other day because I was like, Seattle's right across there. You know, we're, uh, we're not far from Russia, really. I mean, there's Alaska. I mean, how insane would it be if Russia dropped a nuke on Alaska? <laughs> I mean, I wonder how we would, we would respond. Like, what if uh, Russia dropped a nuke, like, deep in the, the, the Alaskan wilderness? In, like, the iciest snow-covered part of Alaska where very few living things are. I mean, a buddy of mine works in uh, TV production, documentary production, and he sent me some pictures from a helicopter ride he took in Alaska. I think it was Alaska. It must have been. And it was just like, it was amazing. I mean, it was just desolation everywhere. It was just, there were amazing trees and it was just, everything was covered in snow. I mean, it was like a whole other world. It was like a whole other universe. What if Russians dropped a nuke there? You know, I'd be pissed because it would, I mean, kill wildlife. I mean, it would be a nuke. I'm, but I mean, that's funny. Like, I'm so pissed they dropped a nuke on Alaska. But obviously, that would be dropping a nuclear weapon on U.S. territory. But if it was targeted at just like a wasteland, just a snow ice covered wasteland, how do you react to that? But I'm sure that, I mean, the targets, I guess, would be any U.S. city, commerce. Uh, 
And, and for, would it even hit the U.S.? Would they be launching a nuke on Ukraine? You know, I, I imagine they'd hit Ukraine before anybody. But I don't know. I don't, I don't mean to go into all this stuff. There's not really a consensus about it, though. But you think that we'd be reacting. You think that the everyday people would be reacting. Even though we recognize that we're powerless over this, that's never stopped us before. Powerlessness doesn't stop people from being vocal, from protesting, from saying things. But for whatever reason, when it gets this large, you know, when the scale of destruction gets this large, people are just like, eh, I can't do anything. It would be a reset moment, though, obviously. Because that's the thing about World War II, is, you know, World War II was obviously a reset moment. That reset the world for until today. I mean, that's sort of the new, uh, you know, midpoint between BC and AD. You know, we're in the year 2022 AD. And obviously there was a year zero that we see as the reset point, which is funny to think about. It's funny that we're operating on that scale. The idea that, oh yeah, you know, we all just accept that this is 2022 and it, that means something. Oh, and there was a year zero. We know there was a whole, you know, just a history going back farther than we even know. But we're going to measure it as if that was year zero. And, uh, <laughs> but then we get to these certain points in history and, you know, World War II is a big one. Where that almost became the new year zero. I'm almost surprised they don't do things like that. I mean, it would just make things confusing, even more confusing than they already are. But, you know, as far as our mind, our mindset goes, like psychologically, World War, the end of World War II was year zero. Because we treat that like it was the last, you know, we don't really think about events before that in modern terms. We don't really compare things before World War II to what's happening now. We do it constantly with World War II. World War II. We're constantly comparing everything to different aspects of World War II. You know, military and history nerds, political nerds, they'll occasionally compare things to, you know, World War I or the French Revolution. But earlier than that, things get even thinner and hazier. We don't treat them like they were real events that have any impact on things going on now. And it's not just that we make comparisons to World War II. It's that we also treat it like uh, everything now directly relates to it. Like everything corresponds to it. Almost like World War II is still dictating our actions today. In some ways it is, but not to the extent that people think it is or the way that people think it is. But that was a reset point. And so obviously if nuclear war were to happen again, that would be another reset point, I would hope. You know, it would just, I think it would reorient people in a million different ways. But, uh, I guess what's strange about it is, is not, not even really getting updates on it. Because like I said, I'm not seeking out the news right now. 
There have been a couple times recently, though, where I've specifically looked up nuclear war just to see what the current status is. You know, if there's going to be an expert on a news channel, not that I trust them, but if there's going to be an expert on a news channel saying the probability of nuclear war has now increased to a one in six chance, I would expect that to be covered 24 hours a day everywhere I look. I would expect everybody to be bringing it up to me. It's not just that guy saying that. It's, I mean, a, a lot of people are saying that, but I'm not getting updates on it. Like, hey, that this should be something like you hear about every day. Oh, how is it looking today? Because, I mean, that guy's acting like a weatherman or something. Oh, there's a 15% chance of rain. There's a 15% chance of rain. Oh, today there's a 15% chance of nuclear war. You know, people barely trust the weatherman, but they're, they're going to trust the nuclear war man. So the nuclear war man. I would just expect someone like that to be there. And if nuclear war does happen, how is that going to be dealt with? That seems like something where you're going to have to have a, have a fireside chat every single day for the foreseeable future. If during Coronavi you had people like Fauci and the New York uh, governor, Cuomo, and people like that doing these fireside chats and you know daily updates and all that, you'd expect this to get the same treatment. I mean, the fireside chat thing comes from World, World War II. And the president of the United States did these little uh, radio talks. But... Uh, these events get treated differently. And that confuses me. That bewilders me. Just like anime and, and Funko Pop dolls bewilder me. This bewilders me too. It bewilders me when everything gets a certain treatment. When everything's responded to with a certain level of hysteria. Yet when a major catastrophe is being dangled in front of people. Again, whether that's real or not. I don't know. I don't know who to trust. I don't know I don't know what's just an empty threat. You know, because we spent years sort of minimizing nukes anyway. You know, it's been so long. Most people alive weren't around when we bombed Japan. Most people of age now didn't experience, you know, the, the nuclear arms race, the Cold War and all that. They didn't really go through that. I mean, I never even heard my parents talk about that. I don't remember my parents when I was growing up being like, oh yeah, we went through this period where we, we weren't sure if we were going to get nuked. You know, I have heard people say things like that. I know that was going on. But it wasn't something that people talked about that casually. I don't know if people were hysterical about that then. It seemed like they were, but it wasn't something that people continued to talk about much. But I think for a lot of people, it just doesn't seem real at all. You're questioning the sources. You're questioning what that even is. What is a nuclear war? In some strange way, it's almost like trying to imagine the universe or imagine God, like trying to put a visual to it. In this case, we do have a visual. Fire, explosions, destruction. But it's always talked about as if it's on a, a scale that's almost beyond our sensory ability to process. It's almost like something we can't see. 
obviously you will see it if it happens, <laughs> but it, we, we think of it as something we can't see. It's almost like trying to, to put a, to associate a specific image with the apocalypse. And it's interesting too, like given how concerned we are with apocalypse and eschaton and all that, that when we're being threatened with a very immediate one like this, it doesn't get the same reaction as climate change. Which again, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's gonna, I'm going to be here all night if I talk about climate change, but uh, you know, you'd think that like climate change activists would be on the streets warning about nuclear war, and maybe some of them are. Maybe I just haven't seen that. But you'd think the same people who talk about that stuff would be obsessed with nuclear war right now. You know, they're concerned about this long-form apocalypse, this warming of the earth, this fire, this flooding. You'd think the idea of massive bombs made up of, you know, I don't even know what they're made of. I don't even know what nuclear is. <laughs> you know, I don't even know what nuclear is. I, I just know it'll mutate you. I know it's worse than a normal bomb. It's bigger and worse than a normal bomb. But I don't even really know what it is. I don't even know how they come up with it. I don't even know, I don't even know how they make it. <laughs> I'm sure it's just one uh, one Google search away, but still, like now that I think about it, I'm like, I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what nuclear means. I know it means catastrophe. I know it means apocalypse. But it's weird when people who are otherwise obsessed with the apocalypse, with other forms of apocalypses, when they're not really saying much about this. Because it seems like if you think you have power to push the environment in the right direction by calling attention to what we can do to save the environment, it seems like you would also feel like it's well within your control to stop nuclear war. I mean, people go to the streets. I mean, I remember people uh, protesting the Iraq war. Some teachers at my school, a couple kids took the bus to Seattle and protested the Iraq war. Seems like that would happen. And people do it globally because you could say like, oh, well, the U.S. isn't the one threatening it. So why would citizens of the U.S. go out and protest nuclear war? Or, or why, why would they be talking about it or thinking they have any responsibility we protest tons of things globally. I mean, there were Black Lives Matter protesters in Korea. We're living in, you know, the Marshall, Marshall McLuhan uh, global village. So, you know, we're, we're ultra connected. We have social media or accounts that can be viewed by anybody in the world. We have websites. We have all sorts of platforms that can be viewed by everybody. But it seems like nobody wants to take responsibility for nuclear war. It seems like citizens want to take no responsibility for it, for it happening. They'll take responsibility for a lot of other things, but not nuclear war. I don't know. Maybe we can blame the nuclear war man. 
the weatherman who does a show every day and says, today the chances of nuclear war have increased by 15%. I'm sure it would impact weather patterns. I'm sure nuclear war would impact weather patterns a little bit. But where's the nuclear war man? Where's he going to be? I don't know. Hopefully we don't need him. Hopefully we don't need the nuclear war man. This land is mine God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me And when the morning sun Reveals her hills and plains I see a land where children can run free